Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. We're your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week's episode, Queer Eye. Hello. Hi. How are you doing today? I am good. I feel like I just saw you because I just did. I know. It was so fun. It feels like it was also forever ago, but it was really just a couple of days ago. It was just a couple of days ago. You guys, Megan and I, for those who do not realize or haven't listened to our, some of our opening episodes, we do not live in the same state. I live in Illinois and Megan lives in Texas, and so we don't see each other that often. But this week we were together for work and it was delightful to see each other. Yeah, it was actually really fun. I know that we were both hesitant about the situation. Um, <laughs> it was a, a whole company retreat and a lot of people that we had never met before. Makes us nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, forced fun. Yes. But it was actually really authentically fun. It was. And we ended up getting spontaneous tattoos together. So that was extra, extra fun. And it's the only spontaneous thing that I think either of us has like ever done. And it may or may not have been spurred by some pina coladas in the pool. Those were excellent pina coladas. They were really good pina coladas. (laughs) I actually this morning forgot about my tattoo and scratched my arm. And guess what? It hurt like hell. (laughs) That'll happen to you. Yeah, my the cat stepped on mine last night as I was trying to go to sleep, and I was like, ah, "Fuck you, Cora!" <laughs> <laughs> but that has happened many a times when you have heavily tattooed arms. That happens a lot. When mm-hmm. you have heavily tattooed arms and a cat that wants to just do nothing besides sleep in your arms, you have to work out a system. It's a love tap. It is a love tap. It's a love tap. <laughs> So we are going to talk about one of our favorite shows. We are going to chat a little today about Queer Eye because there is a new mini season coming out on the first and we are so excited about it. So we thought we would just chat a little bit about why we love Queer Eye. I am so excited for the mini season, by the way, before we dive in, but yeah, Japan is also one of those bucket list places and I'm just so excited to see what they do. I am too. I'm very I'm very interested to see how much taller than everyone Jonathan is. Uh with or without heels. Either way, really. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you know he's not gonna <laughs> stop wearing heels. No. As you should not. As he should never ever stop wearing heels. <laughs> so We did a little bit of diving into the history of Queer Eye because you know how we love our research. And I know that we both watched the original series back in the early 2000s. Um, It it actually debuted in July of 2003 on Bravo, um, originally as Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, which they later just shortened to Queer Eye. Um, And then ended up... That first uh, that first run ended up um, ending in 2007. 
Um, and then what I thought was kind of interesting was that the producers were given approval by Bravo to develop the show after the ratings success the network, the network experienced when it counter-programmed a marathon of its 2002 series Gay Weddings at the same time as the Super Bowl during January 2003. So <laughs> basically, Bravo was like, hmm, let's do this gay wedding show at the same time as the Super Bowl, and it was really successful. So they were like, let's do this Queer Eye show. Yeah, I, thought that, I read that too, and I thought that was funny. I do not remember that show. Mm-mm. But the weird thing when I was looking at all this up, I really thought that it started earlier than it did because I remember watching it with my parents. And as I am much older than you, um, I was not living with my parents in right. 2003. I right. was almost married by that point. Um so it must have been something that we watched like when I went to visit them, which yeah. is even more of like, I don't know, I don't want to say like a cultural, not a flashpoint, anything like that, but it was just more like you could tell how much they normalized mm-hmm. a lot of that just by the fact that I was sitting there watching it with my parents. Yes. Yes. I I would agree with that. Um I, I also kind of thought, I also thought it was earlier, but um, apparently not, unless unless the Wikipedias are leading us astray, which I don't think that they are. Um, it was 2003 to 2007, and the original series was based in New York City, which I think is kind of important um, as a counterpoint to the current reboot. Yeah, I think um, that makes a big difference in terms of who they were reaching. Mm-hmm. Especially when you think about, um, you know, all the different people that they have been doing on the new version, whereas in the original version, they stuck pretty closely to only doing straight men. They did a few Mm -hmm. one-offs here and there, but almost exclusively with straight men. Yeah, it really was, which again, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, um, which I really like that they have veered away from in the reboot. I do too. I think it just really shows the diversity of people that there are in this country and yes. that it's not black and white. It's not that you are gay or straight. It's yes. a whole variety of things. Yes. I also thought it was funny. So I know that you and I both just finished reading Jonathan Van Ness's book. And when he was talking about the start of, you know, how he got cast and um, the filming and all of these things. He was saying how when they were casting for the new one, they were saying that they wanted to turn red states pink. And so that's why they've been in Georgia and they've been in Missouri and they've been in these, you know, very... um, very conservative areas, which is, again, a huge contrast to liberal New York City. Um, But I thought that that I thought that was kind of funny that they very it was a very specific choice that they made to go to some of these red states. I think a lot of it probably has to do with the current political climate, Mm -hmm. given that, um, you know, they were filming, I think, I can't remember if you said they started filming in 2016 or 2017, but Mm -hmm. um, there was just, you know, there there are, not that it's slowed down, but there's, you know, a lot of 
negativity and vitriol and a lot of um, bad juju, I would say, uh, being spread around the country. And it was really, really strong right after the election. And so uh, it was heartening to see that there were people actively out there trying to change that conversation. Yeah, I agree. Um, So I know that you and I really love this show. And I, as we were leading up to recording this episode, I actually wanted to know why people besides us love the show so much. So I asked that in my Instagram stories, and I got a bunch of really interesting responses. So I thought I would actually share a few of them. Um, because I I, th- I just think it's interesting to see what a whole variety of and these these came in from men they came in from women they came in from people who are straight they came in from people who are gay um so there's a whole bunch of different um types and life life types of people and lifestyles represented in these answers um but some of the ones i really loved um because they're as interested in learning from them the heroes as they are in wanting to quote fix them um someone else said Shifting definitions of masculinity slash being a man means for caring for others, yourself, etc. Um, they love that that's something that is being shared. Um, someone else said, because it's the most heartwarming thing and watching people accept and love themselves gives me hope that I one, t- one day too can fix my life. Plus, they're hilarious and perfect humans and inspiring and I could gush forever. Besides Bake Off, Great great British Bake Off is the only show I even have interest in watching when completely depressed and down. I thought that was a really powerful answer. Yeah, I think that really speaks to the nature of why a lot of people are watching these shows, um, Queer Eye and the Bake Off and other similar shows, is Mm -hmm. that you just, you want something that's going to make you feel happy. Yes, yes. And give you hope and... um, whether it's through an amazing makeover or a lack of soggy bottom, you know, we just <laughs> need these things in our lives that make us happy. We do. Uh, someone else said, the sincerity of it all. If a Trump supporter can accept love from the Fab Five, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when my childhood friend Caleb, um, who is gay and is engaged to be married, um, he said, I love the normalizing of relational language when Bobby, Tan, or Karamo are speaking about their husbands. Um, Though the show is about so much more than that, it's that little detail that makes me happy, Um, which I think is, I think is a really great um, response and some insight. Um, And it's true, they're, they talk about their husbands, and it's not, you know, weird or awkward or it just normalizes that language mm-hmm. um how they someone else says how they treat people with such tenderness and openness um another response each guy shows such love and thought to the heroes i also love that they call them heroes um so I, there was just a few of the things that people had to say about why they love the show um and i I agree with all of these things. I think that it is just a lot of love and uplifting moments and really just challenging how we see each other and how we love each other. And I think that that's so great. 
I do too. And one of the things that I really, really love about the show and um, I guess also behind the scenes of the show, I follow them all on Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, is that they really, truly do love each other and support each other. And they are showing that it is totally fine for guys to be friends, to be loving friends, to show up for each other. And it's not a weird thing to do. And I think guys especially need to see that you can have a strong male relationship. Yes. Yes, these guys are gay, but that is not the point of it. It's the fact that you can make the relationships that you need to have in your lives to help you succeed and move forward with your goals. And if you don't have those people in your life, no Mm -hmm. matter who you are, you are going to have some problems. Mm -hmm. And so I love that they really, really focus on that a lot. Yes. And I really, you know, again, when I was reading Jonathan's book and he got to the part where he was talking about the show and he was talking about the casting and how he got to know each other, I... (laughs) I thought it was hilarious because he mentions during, you know, one of the the beginning of some of the casting, they had them all just sort of interacting with each other at this like cocktail party and that he saw Tan from across the room and Tan was so beautiful that he was like, he couldn't go up and talk to him because Tan was just literally too beautiful to even like speak to. (laughs) (laughs) But that like he met Karamo that night and like totally fell in love with him. And, you know, just the way that he was talking about the interactions between the five of them, you can tell that it is a genuine sincere love and friendship that they have with each other that it's not just like the magic of tv editing Mm -hmm. megan you just finished reading jonathan's book last night i would love to hear some of your thoughts about it um well first of all i would like to say that i am so mad at my past self for (laughs) Not being brave enough to go get my hair done at the Aveda Institute because (laughs) I lived in Minneapolis at the same time and I always wanted to get my hair done there and I was too chicken shit to ever do it. (laughs) And if I had, I could have met him and maybe my life would be extremely different than it is now. You never know. It's this is a life lesson, Megan, that we just have to overcome our fears. Right. Um, but that aside, uh <laughs> I have to it was heartbreaking. Um yes. so you and I both have uh LGBTQ friends. Yep. And while we ha- we have those friends, we don't always know all of the things that they have had to struggle with in their lives mm-hmm. um there's a lot of things that i'm positive that you and i cannot relate to and therefore are not mm-hmm. privy to and to find out a lot of the struggles that he has gone with is really heartbreaking and to know that that is pretty normal for a lot of people um i i don't know i i'm not even, i can't even think of like the any words to really talk about it it's just uh i i it makes me want to do more to be able to help in that situation um i don't know yeah i so my husband um grew up 
just down the road from Quincy, Illinois, um, which is where Jonathan grew up. And he had a really, Jonathan had a really tough time in Quincy. And so it was interesting to read the book, knowing a little bit about Quincy, knowing that there was some overlap in their times there. Um, and knowing that where I spent most of my childhood is very similar. And just thinking on some of my friends who um, are gay or um, trans and who have grown up in a very similar environment and just thinking about what they have gone through. Um, it was it was a very heartbreakingly enlightening book. Um, to hear it in their own words, because it's stuff that I knew was probably happening, but mm-hmm. to hear in Jonathan's words how it impacted him, um, it was it was heartbreaking, um, but really, really, really important to read. I think. Yeah, and I think you know, you and I, we both grew up in small towns. We both moved to big cities, and at the experienced so many more cultures and different kinds of people when we lived there. Um, But now we both, I mean, you live in a small town. I live in Texas. So um, not exactly the liberal strongholds Mm -hmm. of America. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it it just, uh, it, it makes you wonder a lot about why people do treat others in that way mm-hmm. in the where they aren't accepting where they don't approach people with love um I, you just have to think i think about like you know those are people that you grew up with they're someone's kid they're someone's brother there's you know yeah it's there's no reason for anyone to not be treated the way other people are treated, especially a hundred percent, thousand percent, especially in these so-called Christian communities. Yes. Yes. It makes me so mad. Yes. It makes me, it makes me stabby. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I know we actually, um, I talked to my friend Caleb, the one I mentioned before. Um, We both, I I met him in church. Um, We grew up in a very conservative evangelical church. And I've talked to him about coming on and talking about his experiences of, of growing up in that environment and being different from what he was quote unquote supposed to be. And so that'll be an episode that we'll have um, here, hopefully, you know, probably early next year. Um, But I know that I, the more, I think the more that we can hear people talking about those experiences and the more that we can acknowledge that these are things that not just happened in the nineties and before, but are currently still happening the better off we can be to, you know, try to change that narrative and change, you know, how these sweet kids are growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I thought it was so powerful. Um, and this is pivoting a little bit, but um, I thought it was so powerful when Jonathan was talking about his HIV diagnosis and he was talking about that, the very worst thing that he imagined had just happened and 
he was still standing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, the very worst thing that I could I could possibly imagine just happened to me. And I'm still living and I'm still breathing. And now what? And how he used that to re- as the catalyst for completely changing his life and getting himself on the track where he is now, I thought was one of the most powerful things I've read in a really long time. Yeah, especially after you've read, I mean, I don't know how many people who are listening have read the book, but after you have read through all of his struggles um, that he went through before he even got to that moment in time, mm-hmm. um, it, it's pretty amazing to me Yeah, that he found that within himself and was able to move forward and create the life that he now lives yes and not to get too political but um he went and got tested at planned parenthood so they do some pretty important things holla planned parenthood Uh, and actually, on his podcast, Getting Curious, he has a recent episode, and we'll link to it in the show notes, all about Planned Parenthood and more of what they do and why they're important. So just a little... Um, and his his podcast is, is really excellent to listen to anyway, so you should check it out. But that is a really great episode if you've ever been curious about what exactly Planned Parenthood does besides everything that you hear about in the news that which some of which is not correct check out that episode so Megan who are so let's talk about some of our faves let's talk about our favorite members of the Fab Five and some of our favorite episodes slash heroes from the show all right I hate choosing favorites because (laughs) because they're all so great they're all great they all have different amazing qualities and i would absolutely love to spend a day with any of them i want to be best friends with all of them yes <laughs> um but i think on like the most visceral level of who i like the best mm-hmm. i would have to say um tan probably yes. because i feel like i relate to him not on a fashion sense because mm-hmm. i definitely not um <laughs> on that amazing bone structure level either <laughs> But um, he is the most reserved of the group. Uh-huh. Um, and I just deeply relate to that. I can <laughs> and, see that. Uh, but he is so sweet and always says the kindest things to everyone, but is also not like super judgy, but a little bit like, mm-hmm, <laughs> when he sees some outfits, which is... A hundred percent. I do really enjoy, I I really enjoy his like side eye when they first Mm -hmm. go into a hero's house and closet and he's like, what is happening in here? Because he has some really excellent side eye. Yeah. Whereas opposed to like, I I mean, I'd probably, I would try to side at it, but I'm pretty sure sometimes I would be like our friend Jamie who likes to say, this is disgusting. But I love them all. It's so hard to choose. Yes. Uh, I think my favorite is Bobby. Um, really? I feel like that's like a uh, a sleeper choice almost. I know. Well, you know. I no feel offense like, to Bobby at no all. No offense to Bobby. No offense to Bobby. I feel like he doesn't get as much um, 
camera time because first of all i think he does 18 times more than the other four do during the span of an episode because he's basically completely redoing someone's house in the span of a few days yeah in terms of like hands-on work and stuff yeah yes so i do feel like he doesn't always get as much camera time um but again and i think a lot of it is there's some things about bobby that i can relate to um because he has opened up about growing up in a very conservative church um, and some of his struggles with that and with, you know, what in the episode with Miss Tammy, like he can't even like walk into the church. Um, he has uh, some real struggles with that. And that just like cracked my heart wide open. Um, he, he was he's also been very open about um, his childhood and being adopted and um, some of the the struggles there with his family. And there's just something about him that I just really, really adore. And he's just such a sweetie pie. And um, also like, low key hilarious. And I love him. So Bobby's my choice. <laughs> I think that, um, and I, I like, I obviously I don't really know how the casting of a TV show works, aside from the small glimpse that we had in Jonathan's book, yeah. but I just feel like they picked really good people that have really good, um, not just chemistry, but like the yes. differing personalities yes. that just really mesh well together. They balance each other really well. Yeah, they do. There's because I think each of them in each episode, there's at least one of them that can really connect with each of their heroes. And whether it's on a personality level or whether it's, you know, because of a life shared life experience that they've had or, you know, whatever that may be. And so I think that that it really helps to as they're as they're working with these people to sort of draw them out of their shells and help them kind of come into who they are. Yeah, I agree. So what are some of your of your favorite episodes? Oh, my gosh. So it's actually really hard to remember each distinct episode, because first of all, with Netflix, it's really hard to not watch all of them at once. Yes. <laughs> Um, so a little bit they blur together, I have to yes. admit. Uh, but I was cheating and looking at Wikipedia because <laughs> that's what you do. That's fine. <laughs> and um, obviously one of my favorite episodes uh, has to be Mama Tammy. Like, oh. oh. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, it was just such a good episode. And I think the fact that she is a really big part of her church community and like the fact that they were bringing all those people together from her church to celebrate her and the community and with the fab five it was another one of those ways that they were using the show to kind of um be a platform and uh bridge that gap between different groups of people and also she's just the sweetest person she is just a gem of a human love her um, so I also really love the Jones sisters, um, Little and Shorty um, from Jones Barbecue. Mm -hmm. I 
like sobbed during I mean I sobbed during almost all of these episodes but I just sobbed during that episode and um when they fix I think it's Shorty's teeth um and she finally smiles like the whole the you know the whole show you can she every time she smiles she has her hand in front of her mouth she's not smiling fully and it's because you know she's embarrassed of her teeth and then they get her teeth fixed and the first time that she does this full smile without her hand in front of her mouth Mm -hmm. i just (laughs) i just lost it oh my gosh sobbing (laughs) Uh, ugly crying (laughs) i feel like so many of the episodes make you cry yes like you do it's just the nature of the stories that they have but um one of the ones that made me cry a lot was the one from the most recent season um which was about uh wesley who's in the wheelchair yes basically every moment of that episode made me cry yes um that was a great one just like the the makeover itself the fact that they like gave him space in his bathroom to turn around and like be able to look at himself in the mirror made me cry (laughs) um having karamo connect with the guy who shot him so they could have a conversation yes and it was like it didn't seem like a fraught conversation like they actually acknowledged each other and they acknowledged the issues that they had at the time right that made me cry the whole organization he works on makes me cry yes (laughs) it was such a heartwarming weepy episode yes i agree um Another one that I really loved was in season one um, with AJ, and he's the one who comes out to his stepmom. Oh my gosh, um, yes. At the end of the episode, that he regrets never having come out to his father. And so he, you know, writes this letter to his dad, and then he reads it to his stepmom, and he's so nervous and he's just so unsure of how she's going to react. And she's like, well, you're my son. Like, I love you. Of course I love you. And, you know, she meets his his partner. And I'm, just, <laughs> again, sobbing, just ugly crying. <laughs> yep. I, I, I just, I love how all of these, all of these episodes focus on such different people. Um you know, there's the episode with um, Skylar, who is the trans man who just had his top surgery and is trying, you know, he goes and gets his um, driver's license that reflects his true gender. Um, there's the the guy that's the, the bartender and you know, his wife is like, he's a slob. And then it turns out like they give him a real haircut and, you know, trim his beard. And you're like, well, look at that guy. Like, he's He's super hot. He's super hot. You know, there's just such an interesting variety of people. Yeah. And I think the variety that they have on the show really helps open up those conversations that the guys have with them. Mm -hmm. Um, the Skylar episode in particular really stands out to me because in that episode, uh, Tan admits that he had never met a trans person before. Yes. And uh, I just thought that was 
kind of surprising because I think a lot of us think that if you are in the LGBTQ community, that you just know everyone right. of all different kinds. Right. And for Tan to admit, like, no, actually, you know, I don't. And that I need to have my eyes opened up too yeah. was a really good lesson, I think, for mm-hmm. all of us who might think we know a little bit more than we do. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a just a good reminder that even within the Fab Five, yes, they're all gay, but all of their experiences in their own lives within the gay community with their families have all been vastly different and are all five vastly different stories. Exactly. So, you know, there's no there is no cookie cutter to any of this. And sometimes I think that we do need a little bit of a reminder of that. Yeah, I think we do, no matter who it is. I think that's a lot of the problem that we have in the country today where, um, you know, stuff that is similar to us is really comforting Mm -hmm. and people are afraid of things that are different. Um, So no matter what it is, it's, you know, it it comes down to stupid stuff like uh, food that is different. People get crazy nervous about but then you're talking about a whole culture a whole group of people it's just something that you have to try really hard to work yourself through because you are really missing out on a huge opportunity to get to know some amazing people if you are refusing to make those connections yeah absolutely um i'll just give one last episode shout out to the one in season four where they uh, they help the guy, the retired guy, adopt the dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know that was one of my favorite moments, Megan. Of course. Of course. <laughs> they saved two lives. It was so great. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we do have to do one last show we, because we did read Jonathan's book. Yes. And so the first episode of season four where they talked to Kathy, the music director at his old yes. school. That was so sweet especially now knowing that um high school was like really really terrible for him yeah um i think that makes it even more powerful for him to be able to come back and do that and do that for her and have that conversation with her about how she helped save his life and that teachers teachers are so valuable and the things that they do for their students every single day by just treating them like they're totally normal Uh, we can't I can't I have I have a lot of teachers in my life and I love them so much and I love everything they do and it's just a really really good reminder that teachers are gems they are and I think especially the music teachers the art teachers the drama teachers please all of you out there know how many people you really are saving just by being there for these kids yes yes shouts 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 out for all of them shouts to that shouts to my best friends emma and sam who are married to each other and they're both art teachers because i know that they in particular do some really special work with their students so yeah i just love them so much (laughs) i love it i love it so like we said there's a new mini like four episode season that's going to be in japan 
<laughs> it is appropriately titled Queer Eye. We're in Japan. Uh, I mean, you might have just go right for the obvious. <laughs> just go for it. And it'll be released November 1st. So uh, Megan and I will actually be together on November 1st. So I know what we're going to be doing. Um, obviously watching it and sending probably some Instagram stories as uh, we do. So As you do. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm excited to see because and then I know they're working on season five, I believe, um, like the full season five. So I'm always just excited to see where they're going to be next and whose lives they're going to impact and, you know, just how much they can make me cry. Yes, we want more, more episodes, more, 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 more. So, Megan, Queer Eye is already pretty joy-bringing, but I feel like we just need to go ahead and round this out by talking about what else is bringing us joy lately. So, you first. Okay, so I'm going to say brunch. (laughs) Yes! Not just the, like idea of brunch itself i know though some people are weird brunch haters which first of all how dare you um <laughs> how dare you insult brunch like that i just don't would we'll, we could probably do a whole episode on that but um <laughs> i more specifically would like to say uh that brunch with your friends um my Friends and I, I have a, a group of friends that my son has now taken to calling the Mom Squad. Oh my gosh! Um, and we, we all have been making plans each month to have brunch together. Um, and it's been a few months now. We have kind of it's not like a standing brunch appointment, but we make plans for the next brunch at the end of the current brunch. And it has been really nice to have that to look forward to and just. Um, get together and chat and it's not like a you know a Sunday fun day boozy brunch or anything like that because we're old (laughs) and we do have kids to go back home to but it's been really nice and I just want people to do the same in their lives reach out to those friends and make some plans because it is really really good for the soul That's a great reminder. I definitely have been lacking on making plans with my friends here in town the last few months. And that's a good reminder that I just need to get my ass in gear and text them and make some plans. Yeah, I think we make a lot of excuses for why we haven't been doing that. But life is short. It is. Also, at brunch today, we had this thing called Millionaire's Bacon, which was bacon with like some kind of pepper and spices and then maple syrup <gasps> on top it was amazing so I you need that. yes you need these kinds of things in your life yes absolutely but other than brunch and the idea of this bacon what is bringing you joy <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say my sourdough starter is bringing me joy. I (laughs) recently got some sourdough starter from a friend and who is a professional baker. And even though I could have started my own, it it was just easier for her to give me a start of hers. And then I 
didn't have to nurture it as much and get it to that get it to the point where it actually tastes good and so I've been baking a lot of sourdough bread lately and earlier today I made croissants for the first time which were not sourdough they were just a thing that I just wanted to make and I have not spent this much time baking bread or baking anything in my kitchen in a really long time I've kind of gotten out of that habit and it's felt really nice to just get in the kitchen bake something just because and not because I'm going to photograph it for the blog and not because I'm going to share the recipe, but just because I want to and it tastes good. And also it's decorative gourd season, motherfucker. So that means baking. Yes, all the baking. It is finally cool enough to bake and not feel like it's 8 million degrees in the house. Exactly. I am jealous of your sourdough. Um, as I believe I've mentioned to you, at least, I'm slightly scared of fermentation. So uh, I have not ever dived into sourdough myself, but I can live vicariously through you. You can. It's not as scary as you think it is. That's what they all say. <laughs> I mean, I'm still scared of making my own kombucha because I'm afraid of things, bottles exploding in my closet. But Oh, uh, well, I've had friends who've made kombucha and they... Um, they didn't. Ex- it didn't explode, but they had to use like a whole, like gigantic, like a, an ice chest. Oh, in sure. order to yes. like maintain the temperatures and all the things, and it's just there's a lot I, happening I can't there. Handle it. Also, uh, kombucha mothers are disgusting. They are really gross. I know. I can't. Megan doesn't like. Whenever I try a new brand of kombucha that doesn't have like the mother at the bottom, I always have to tell her what it is because that's the only kind of kombucha she can drink is the kind that doesn't have <laughs> the mother at the bottom of the of the bottle. It's like a big old wad of snot. <laughs> it's really like, bad. why. This it's is also really why I, I don't eat okra. By the way. <laughs> Same. I yeah, not a big okra fan. So. <laughs> uh, now that okay. we've got off on that tangent, yes, the tangent of things that are not bringing us joy. Let's bring it back. <laughs> Sourdough's bringing me joy. Brunch is bringing you joy. Which those things are eerily similar. So. Uh, basically, food brings us joy. Uh, that is. I was just talking to some friends, um, and we were talking about how none of us are very rah-rah about anything except for food, and then we get extremely rah-rah about food. I mean, you spend a lot of your life eating, so it it's might important. as well be some stuff that's good for, tastes good. Right? I agree. You know? Why waste time? Well, I should. I was gonna say why use time eating crap, but um, I do eat a lot of crap as well. <laughs> Shh, technicalities. <laughs> I mean, we will talk about this at a future episode. But the secret of food bloggers is that we mostly eat crap. Uh, yeah, that is so true. Anyway, <laughs> next week we'll be joined by another very special guest as we discuss women's fashion and why it is at once awesome and infuriating. So meet us back here next week as we ponder why toddler jeans have bigger pockets than ours. Until then, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from our listeners. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.